I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. I am here to announce that our book, Let's Heal, a workbook designed for Black women with various modalities by your co-host, Danika and Myra, is now at a storefront. And so the storefront is Urbana Goods. It's a community store that brings an upgraded experience of connecting with the community uh, with small crafting gatherings and workshops and supporting other local businesses by housing and selling their merchandise, such as us. And they even sell some of your typical items from the local convenience store. Like y'all, I literally bought some body butter, hair products, and a cute purse all from this store, just to give you a little example. So when you have some time, check out Urbana Goods. It's located in Guardina, California. The actual address is 1756 West El Segundo, Guardina, California, 90249. You can put it in your GPS, whatever you need to do, but go ahead and make your way there and check us out. Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast, but before we jump in as usual, we're going to kick us off with a random discussion. So, hmm, I'm trying to think about a good discussion topic, like something that's been on my mind. Okay, let's say you go out to eat with a group of friends and they love their food and you don't like your food. How do you navigate that situation? So this just happened to me yesterday. My friends are talking about they love their food. And I was like, the eggs taste like it was cooked with something else. The potatoes are not seasoned correctly. I never got my bacon. And the potatoes <laughs> was tiny. And y'all like this? <laughs> and they were like, uh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't that good. And I was like, well, why did y'all keep saying it was so good then? So I'm just curious, like, what do y'all think about that? Because I didn't really say nothing at the restaurant. I was more so like, now I'm irritated that I just waited for this and I didn't get the rest of my food and now I got a fussy baby. So I just went outside and was like, I'll see y'all outside when y'all done. Dang. So, <laughs> yeah, I was over it. Because this place has such good reviews on Yelp. I was, and I was just like, where is say this? this? No shade, but where's this place? Because it's the, is it, it makes me think of like, is it just the aesthetics of the place and the name, the reputation? Where no. People, people will be like, oh this is so good because everybody else is saying it is so in your head even though it's not like how you gave this this authentic review some people just because of what it's supposed to be like right will I think unconsciously even sometimes like go along with it yeah yeah I was thinking the same thing but nah it's not aesthetically pleasing at all (laughs) (laughs) so I'm in Joshua Tree but there's Joshua Tree the city and there's Joshua Tree the national park and so before you make your turn to go into the national park, this is the basically like the, I don't want to say the only restaurant, but it's like the main stop where everybody kind of goes. So I'm assuming that's why I have the good reviews. But y'all, when I sat down, they had, I'm, I don't do flies. And so they had a few flies, but they were going to this light. So I was like, did they put the light up here? Because they know they got flies. So the flies go to the light. But when I got to slap myself and slap the table and slap everything, and <laughs> Stop. that's what I'm done, okay? Stop. If the fire's going to fly, don't bother me. Don't bother my food. But the fact that I'm slapping myself, I'm itching out at this point because I'm getting irritated. And in the food, I was like, okay, but the food going to be real good. No, it was not. 
<laughs> sounds horrible. And I just see everybody around me tearing their food up. And I'm like, because I'm black? Like, is it because I'm black, I got a different palate? Like, what's happening right now? Because there is no black people. So, hmm, 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 now you say that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm honest, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna say something. I don't care if every, I don't care if it was 50 people in the room saying this food is good. If it's not good to me, it's not good to me. It's just not, I don't, I don't know if, um, I don't know if I would have vocalized it necessarily. If nobody asked, I might have just took the ill and been like, all right, this wasn't good. And, and maybe like you just said, took took a little walk outside. Maybe not even did all that. It sounds like you were just frustrated in general with it was everything about that situation that sounds annoying. But anyways, I'm not gonna agree that some food is good if it's not just because everybody is. Um, especially at a restaurant. If somebody's house, like if it's somebody's mother or somebody's family, <laughs> or I might act like it because that's just yeah. disrespectful. But a restaurant. Oh, you're getting these real reviews. Uh, what about you, Joy? Uh, I think for me, I would definitely be honest because I've been in lots of situations where I just kind of sat there and was like, oh yeah, this is good just to kind of play along with everybody else. But now I'm too grown for that, in my opinion. But what I would do is um, I would stay with my friends, you know, and continue to hold space with them because, you know, we're all out, we're having a good time. So I won't let the food ruin, you know, the whole date. Uh, I would just probably say like, yeah, this isn't for me. Go ahead and send this back. But I, you know, still, you know, keep y'all company and stuff like that. This is just not my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, we're too grown to be lying to ourselves and other folks. <laughs> so I would definitely be honest about the food. Or, and then the flies is just the icing on the cake. Like, yeah. not the I flies. I can't keep the flies company no more. That's <laughs> where I was like, let me go outside. Because I was like, I'm keeping y'all company and the flies. I can't do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, thanks y'all for engaging in this random discussion. I'm going to go ahead and bring it in and introduce our guests. Joy is a Southern California native currently residing in Las Vegas, Nevada, a mother to a blended family of five, owner of head wrap brand Omega Queen, and host of the up-and-coming podcast Motherhood is Ghetto. And that's how I got connected with Joy, learning about her podcast, so I'm excited to have her here today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. So to bring us in, I got to ask, so how did Motherhood is Ghetto become your podcast title? Because it's very relatable. When I thought I was like, hell yeah, but let's talk about it. So you hit it right there on the head. I wanted a title that was going to be relatable. And as soon as you saw it, you were like, yep, she right. She ain't lying about that. <laughs> but there's a lot of things as as moms that we go through that just fathers just don't they just don't they don't understand and a lot of it sometimes is ghetto like when my kids do things I'm like this is the ghetto like I just can't but on a deeper level um I wanted the title to of course resonate with mothers but also to when I think of the the words motherhood and ghetto. Motherhood, I think of beauty, you know, I think of um, uh, joy, I think of happiness. And then when I think of the word ghetto, I think of struggle. So motherhood is ghetto, um, in my opinion, metaphorically kind of says, you know, joy and pain. 
beauty within the struggle or you know kind of something like that and and like you said when you hear it it kind of makes you chuckle like girl ain't that the truth so that's how I came up with it um at first I was going to name it the joys of motherhood since my name is joy but I was like you know what it's not all the all the time like that it's not always joyful you know to be a mom we go through some real stuff and we go through real struggle and real pain literally physically emotionally like so I wanted it to definitely ring bells when people saw it and heard it so that's how I came up with the name <laughs> I love that yes it's super catchy you most definitely you'll have no choice but to be like hold on let me see what this is about right um so I love the name right <laughs> Um, and getting into, like you just said, like this complexities of it all of like motherhood, the beauty of it, you know, um, what are three ways black women can embrace motherhood and the complexities of it all? And this is whatever your personal uh, thoughts are. Uh, first thing I feel like we can do to embrace it is knowing and understanding that it is what you make of it. Um there is no manuscript, no owner's manual for being a mother or being engaged in motherhood. And this goes for anyone, even playing that mom role. Maybe you ha don't have kids of your own, but you're, you know, a mother to, you know, siblings or nieces, nephews, stuff like that. It is what you make of it. So whatever you, whatever experience you want to have in it, you control the majority of that. Of course, there's some things that you can't control, but in general, I feel like motherhood is what you make of it. Um, also too, knowing that someone else's way may not be the right way for you and your children. Um, I know for me, when I had my first child, I wanted to do everything like my mom did when, when me, and, me and my brothers were growing up. And I found that in a lot of the cases, what I was trying to do, like, it really didn't work for me. Like, I felt a lot of resistance, you know, when I would try to implement things and stuff that my mom did and try to do it with my kids. It just didn't work for me. Um, and it was making me feel really drained. And like, I was failing, because I wasn't doing it my way and how it felt natural to me. Um, so, and then also too, um, you know, don't be afraid to explore new ways to do what you already do best. Like you, you, you're a mom, like your, your motherly instincts, they're there already and they kick in as soon as you conceive your child. So, you know, just find new ways to do what you already know how to do. Um, and then lastly, talk to those kids, um, get their opinion on things and find ways to include them in your motherhood journey. I know there's been a lot of instances where, you know, I'll ask my stepdaughter, like, you know, I'll be confiding in her and she'll be like, well, why don't you try it this way? And I'm like, hmm, I didn't think of it that way. You know, let me try that. Like, that's a good idea. And even with my little ones too, like, they're always like, well, mom, like, why don't you try this? Or, you know, if you're feeling this way, this is what I do. And just keeping that dialogue open, like, and that's why when I stumbled upon those ABC conversations, man, I, <laughs> I love those cards. I love it. I love it. 
um, because it's good. Like the kids need to know where you're coming from. You need to know where they're coming from. And you guys are changing. Like the kids are changing rapidly. We're changing as adults. Um, and, and the more experiences, the more life experiences we have, the more we're going to change and grow. So it's good to keep talking with them and, you know, bring them into your journey. Uh, I think that those are ways we can definitely as moms embrace motherhood as a whole. And just when we're going through those complexities, like just keep those things in mind. Absolutely. Yes. I love all of those. Yes. Um, but especially that to get the pains of the kids, I feel like, mm -hmm. I mean, even now I do feel like you're hearing more talks about it, especially from like um, black households or whatever, just being able to, for the kid to say anything. Um, I feel <laughs> like, you know, it, my grandmother, even my grandmother now, she would be open to listening to something like this versus like several years ago, she would be like opinions, right? Yeah. Kids. Or like, you know, right? Or, you know what? What our grandmas and great grandmas used to say: children are to be seen, not heard. Uh, uh. I don't play that. Like y'all need to talk to me. Uh, let me know if Uncle Joe is looking at you crazy. Like, just let me know. Like, cause yeah. I wholeheartedly believe in that. Like, our kids have a voice. You know, and it's important. The, whatever their opinion is and what they have to say is important too. Yes, right. So it's like we need to change that. Yeah, kids are meant to be seen and heard. Absolutely. And heard. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so we know you have your own podcast. So I'm just interested. What is your favorite topic to discuss about motherhood? And go into detail if you feel comfortable of why. Okay. Um, well, I love talking about my own shortcomings as a mother. <laughs> I love talking about the times that I failed, the times that I struggled, um, because I really want people, pe well, not people, just mothers to know that we're all going through this together in this, we're all going through the same things, just in a different space, in a different capacity. Like, it's, it's okay to look back on certain situations and be like, dang, I messed that up. <laughs> and kind of just laugh about it and then learn from it um and then even if you don't or if you're doing the same things and you didn't learn from it at least hearing my stories can kind of make you say well shoot I went through that same thing like how did I grow from that oh I didn't grow from that let me see you know let me see how you know ways that she grew from it or what she learned from it maybe I can learn those same things too um, but that that's my favorite thing to talk about, because a lot of us try to when we fail as mothers, we try to hide it and we don't want to talk to nobody about it because we feel that shame. Um, like on one of my episodes, I, I talked about how my daughter got into a car with a stranger after years of me telling her, you don't get in the car with strangers, you don't get in the car with strangers. And at the time I felt like a complete failure. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, did I not talk enough about not getting in the car with strangers? Like, and I felt like it was my fault that she did that. Like I didn't do enough as her mother to instill that in her. But it's like, no, like you can't be too hard on yourself if you know that you're doing what you need to do. Kids are gonna do what they do. Like they, they have a mind of their own and they have, and most kids have a one track mind. So with my daughter, her one track mind was getting to school. 
She's like, I got to get to school. So I got to get in this car. <laughs> but, um, and there's, there's even a time where I locked my daughter in the, in the car, like just randomly, like who does that? But a lot of moms do that because we're, we're so busy and our thoughts are everywhere. We're thinking about a thousand things at once and just stuff happens. And I just want people to feel safe in the fact that it's okay. Life happens, things happen. Um, what matters most is what we learn from it and how we move forward in our motherhood journey. Um, I, don't, I don't believe in staying stuck in same, same patterns, same mindsets and stuff like that because everything happens for a reason and it's meant for us to learn to take something from it. So when I share you know, my shortcomings as a mother, um, I like to also share where I'm at now you know, what we, the steps that we've taken to get from where we started. Uh, and I feel that brings a lot of encouragement to other mothers. And it's like, you know what, I mess up too, but you know, if Joy can get past it, I can get past it too. And that's, that's really, really the, the essence of my podcast for sure. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I really love that. And it's making me think about um, your episode on death is ghetto where you discuss the loss of your husband and I'm curious for other fellow moms who are navigating life after loss in this capacity what you might say to them or like just whatever comes to mind what you might say to them uh, well to give the listeners a little bit of context um, uh, me and my husband worked together for 15 years and he passed away unexpectedly actually two months today it was two months ago today. Um, so for any listeners who have lost a husband in the same manner that I did, first, I want to start off by saying, I am so, so, so sorry for your loss. I understand and I know your pain because I'm living it every day. I wake up to it. Um, and I pray that you find comfort and peace in any way you can in your own time and in your own way. So I want to start off by saying that. Second, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you don't have to go through this alone. I know that at times we feel alone. And sometimes I feel like that too, like where no one, no one can do the things that I need done like my husband could. And, but what I found is that help can come in many different forms. It can come in the form of therapy. It can come in the form of accepting groceries. I know that was my saving grace when my husband passed away because he handled groceries. He did the grocery shopping, like he did all that stuff. Um, he did the cooking because I really don't like to cook. Um, so I was like, man, like I didn't know what I needed. And people were like, let me feed you guys. Um, let me go grocery shopping for you. I'll get whatever you want. And I was like, you know what? That helps me. So the grocery deliveries for me were a godsend. And um, also too, you know, if you need time alone, like to grieve, you know, have someone, you know, take your kids for a couple hours that you trust. So that way you can feel through your emotions um, and grieve your loss however, how, what, however it best suits you. 
um, just don't be afraid to ask for help in any capacity because you don't have to go through this alone. There's people who care about you and love you and love, you know, your loved ones. So definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. And I would also say, don't hide your grief from your children. Um, I made that choice day one, um, the night before my husband passed away and I brought my kids to the hospital to say goodbye. And I, I told them, I was like, do whatever you want. I don't care about this hospital staff. Scream if you want to cry because I'm screaming and crying too. And that's important because our kids need to see us grieving so that way they know it's okay for them to grieve. If we're always trying to put on that brave face when we literally can't and they see us not crying, they see us just going about our lives, they'll do the same thing. They won't know how to grieve for their father. They won't know that when, when they feel those times of sadness where they just wanna cry, they'll try to hold it all in. And then it'll come out in the form of anger um, and resentment. So. Um, I have a, uh, one of our sons is uh, autistic. He's nine years old. And when he was trying so hard to, you know, cause his dad would always tell him like, you know, you're the man of the house. Like, you know, you know, you, you look out for your brother and sister, look out for your mom. And so when uh, my husband died, my son took that to heart. And he thought that because he was the man of the house, like he had to be strong, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't cry. And then one day at school, he just had a breakdown and they I had to go pick him up. Like he was, you know, screaming and crying and saying like, my dad's dead and you don't know what it feels like. And just, just going off. And I had to go up to that school and I like, I hugged him in front of everybody. And I was like, it's okay. What you did is okay. You're not in trouble. I'm just here because this is my job. I'm, I'm here for you, son. Like, I love you. Like, I know this is hard. Um, so, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't have known to do that had he not seen me busting out in tears <laughs> everywhere we go, because, um, where we live in Las Vegas, my husband's born and raised here. So everywhere I go, I see him. Um, every store I go into, um, every tree that I see, every road that I drive, I see my husband. And I, when I look at my kids, I see my husband. So I can't, I physically can't hide my emotions. I can't do it. So whenever it comes over me, it comes over me like a wave. And it's just something that I have to go through. Um, and then also too, in our kids seeing our emotions, they know exactly how to help us. So, you know, if they see us sad, they're like, okay, mommy's missing daddy right now. You know, let me do what I can to help her. Like she helps me. And my kids do that all the time. Like my kids will see me staring at one of his pictures and then my daughter will come over, you know, give me a hug or my son will start cleaning up the living room. Like, just like they, they take cues from me and they're in tune with how I feel. And I'm in tune with them too. So it's, it's, yeah, it sucks to go through this, but at the same time, it's a beautiful thing because our connections are better, like between me and my kids. And, you know, we, we have a deeper understanding of 
how we feel as a whole about this whole situation. And we're helping each other at the end of the day. Um, my kids, I don't put my whole healing on them because they're kids, but they really do help me a lot in the grieving process. And I've, I love looking at them because I really, sometimes I really can't be too sad about my husband being gone because he has five beautiful children for me to look at. Like when I look at them, I see him and he has a legacy and um, I can't do nothing but be grateful and thank God for that. Um, so definitely. Um, and lastly, the last thing I'll say, I, I could talk on and on about this, but the last thing I wanna say is um, for those listeners out there that are going through this, um, mourn your loss and heal in the best way that suits you and your children. Um, trust your intuition. Let it guide you throughout the rest of your life's journey. And most importantly, don't stop living because our loved ones, our, our dearly departed loved ones would not want us to stop living. Um, make good on those, those life plans that you made with your husband. You know, keep those goals and those aspirations you guys used to talk about before bed. Cherish the memories, but don't stay stuck in the past. Um, because we can't go back there. There's nothing we can do to change the past. Um, so move forward with your children and focus on living the happiest and best life that you can with them and teach them to do the same, to enjoy life, pursue their passions, do what makes their hearts sing. Um, and yes, that's what I would say about that. Because I can go on all day, but... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> thank you for sharing that joy and thank you for making space to talk about both you both your children and bringing it together as far as like how you're navigating motherhood because I'm working with so many clients I can name like five of them who have had losses while they were children and they watched their mom only focus on themselves and now they don't know how to center their own emotions to navigate through grief, how to show up for their mom, and literally everything that you said that you're doing are the things that I'm wishing that their parents did for them so that we're not having this conversation. So to even hear like the breakdown of the things that you've done, like I'm in awe of you and you're such an inspiration to even hear that because like I said, the things that you're saying are the things that I'm wishing my clients' parents were able to do for them. And for this loss to be also so new, and so close for you, I just am in awe. Like I said, like I, can't, I don't want to say admire because that doesn't feel right, but it feels like wow. Like now I hold a space for you in my heart, and I'll be thinking of you. Thank you, I appreciate that. And it's it's definitely I know that we have to go on the rest of our lives without him, but I feel comfort in the fact that me and my kids, like when I think and I say out loud, we're gonna be okay. Like. I believe it. Like, that's what it is. Like, we are going to be okay. And, and the rest of the listeners will too, if they're going through this, y'all going to be okay. You will, you'll get through this. We all will. We all will. It's not going to be easy, <laughs> but we will all get through this and we will find happiness again. We'll find the light at the end of the tunnel, all that stuff for sure. Yes. So 
as we're talking about loss and emotions are coming up when we even talk about it, I'm curious, how do you even make space for the emotional aspect of being a mom? Like we talk about like the physical part, we talk about like the mental part, but I don't feel like we talk about the emotional part a lot. And so even like myself being a mom, mine's like, why don't y'all talk about the emotional part? Like dealing with the emotions of just life, dealing with your own emotions. And I even learned something new when you have a child your brain develops even further. And I'm like, I feel like that adds another component to it. Why are we not talking about this? So I'm curious, like, how do you make space for that for yourself? Um, quite simply, I do things in the space and the capacity that I'm able to do it in. Um, I let go of the need to be everyone's superwoman. Um, <laughs> and I just, I just do what I physically and mentally can at that given time. And when I do that, that gives me the space to take care of me. Um, I no longer go, 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 go until I'm running on fumes. I don't do that anymore. Um, I make sure that I have enough energy. Um, so after whatever I've done or need to do for the day, I can take care of me. So what that looks like for me, like, um, just to give you an example, you know, going through my husband's clothes, you know, and packing up his stuff and, you know, just, you know, taking care of that stuff. Um, I, I don't have it in my head like, well, I got to do all this stuff now. I got to package all this stuff. Like I got to, you know, get this moving. When, when I feel like getting up and doing it, I'm going to do it. And then as soon as I do not want to do it anymore, I stop. I don't try to force myself. I don't say, well, I just got to do this a little bit. When I feel that resistance coming on where it's like, Joy, let's stop, I stop. Um, so that way I still have enough energy to move on to the next thing. Or if that next thing is just laying down, then I have enough energy and I have the space to do that. Um, and then um, also too, when I do that, it gives me that space to feel through all the emotions I need to feel through and go on about my life. Um, I think that as mothers, we, we try to be everything for everyone at every time. And that, what, that saying that you can't pour from an empty cup, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Like you can't do anything for anyone if you're not first doing for yourself and making sure that you have enough you know, to pour into somebody's cup. And uh, like I said, I, I wholeheartedly think that, you know, when you, when your mind is telling you, like, you need to stop, like, let's move on to something else, then you should listen. Um, so those are just, I just try to do what I can, when I can do it, and however I can do it. And when my mind and my body says, joy, it's time to stop. Joy stops. <laughs> no questions asked. I don't, I don't think about it. I don't try to push myself. I just stop and I move on to something else. Yes. I think that's amazing. Um, I mean, as you talk about this, I mean, one, I want to say I apologize. I had to get up and step away because I felt too emotional. I didn't want to take up space from you. Um, so I apologize. It's I okay. Everything <laughs> Myra said. Um, but as you talk about this, I'm just like, I mean, one, like, I'm thankful to hear somebody um, express their <laughs> grief in this way. And then it, it's, it's so, it's so current, 
right um you don't typically hear people talk about grief like this this current um the fact that you are are accepting help that was one of the first things you said I think that's the thing that people typically struggle with yes Uh, so to hear you say that um I'm just at all of how you're talking about it, the way you're talking about your kids bringing into it. You have all these, so many different pieces of grief. And so I'm like, how in the heck, (laughs) how in the heck did you learn this stuff? And how are you able to implement it? I did hear you talking about therapy earlier, but I'm just like, like, is this just you? Is this you? It's joy. Is this always been you? It's, in a nip, it's in just a nip? me. Yeah. Oh I, I do. I've, I do see a therapist, but I didn't get this from the therapist. Uh, the therapist just kind of helped me go through the five stages of grief. Um, <laughs> just to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. but all, all the extra work that I've done, like what I talked about today, that's me. Um, and uh, I've, I've heard the same thing, what you said it, in different ways from other people. People have been telling me like, I've been handling it so gracefully and they're like, I don't know how you're doing it. And honestly, I mean, I can only say that is God and my husband probably carrying me um, because I don't, I don't know. I just, I just know that I'm here for a purpose. I know that this happened to us for a purpose it's I need to learn something from this and I feel like so far these last two months what I've shared with you guys today is what I've learned um, through prayer and meditation and just feeling through my own emotions and how I feel me just me Um, and like like I was talking about about you know making sure your cup is full before you can pour into someone else's like really getting to the root of how I feel you know before I can help my children go through what they're feeling and help them emotionally I had to get to the root like how am I feeling about this like how like how is this affecting me and it's really helped me to you know get my you know get my bearings and be able to speak about it and be able to, you know, connect and help others like through their grief and help my children. And I just, I can't thank anybody but God and my husband because I feel like they've, they've, they're giving me the strength, you know, to, to continue my life's journey in the way that I'm continuing it. So I can't, I got to thank them for sure. Absolutely. Your God and your husband. Absolutely. Shout out to God and your husband. <laughs> yes. Shout out. Shout out to my husband. His name is Jahari. So shout out to him. <laughs> so I know we talked about a lot in this episode. And so at the end of the episodes, we always do takeaways. It can be anything that you want to leave our audience and listeners with. So what would you say your takeaway would be for this episode? Okay, so for my takeaways, I'm talking specifically to the mommies out there. So first thing, don't feel guilty about making yourself a priority. Make yourself that priority. Whatever you got to do, however it looks for you, um, prioritizing yourself, do it and don't feel bad about it. Um, you have the hardest job on the planet. You, you have to raise humans for forever because after they turn 18, it doesn't stop. They still come. I'm still coming. I still go to my parents. Like, and never being a mother, being a parent, it's 24/7 for the rest of your life. Um, so don't be too hard on yourself. Show yourself grace. Love yourself. Um, celebrate your successes and learn from your mistakes, and continue to grow. 
And lastly, show and tell your kids how much you love them as often as you can. Just however that looks, if you want to hug them, give them a kiss, like do it and do it often because they'll remember that and they'll carry that with them and they'll show that same type of love to the world and they'll spread love and they'll give love and they'll create love. So tell them babies, you love them. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love like every single word you just said. Yes, me too. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the listeners um, are getting as much as I'm getting from this episode. Um, yeah, I really, really appreciate you taking today to share some words with us and share this space with us. Of uh, course. Yeah, Myra, you have any closing thoughts? Thank you so much. And I have something that I want to send you in the mail, so I'll be sending it to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> And again, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And I, I'm just geeked. I'm excited. Like, I'm still excited. I'm on cloud nine. I told my kids, my kids are downstairs. I'm like, don't make a sound. <laughs> don't make any noise. This is important. This is the, the most important day. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys for letting me hold space with y'all and just letting me be open and free to talk about these topics these these questions were amazing i love it um i love you guys like let's keep let's keep in contact let's keep connected like and you guys are in southern california right mm -hmm. yep okay we <laughs> we might have to meet up one day <laughs> for sure absolutely let us know all right well have a great sunday thank you you guys too have, and have a good week ahead so we hope you all enjoy this episode as much as we did. Um, I would say just like my final reflections. It's, um, I mean, shoot, I don't even have nothing else to say after Joy just, she just gave so many gems. I feel like you hear all this information in different places and different times when it comes to grief, but she just like put it all in one episode. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, she literally dropped the mic. It's nothing left to say on my end. Um yeah, I would say those final words that Joyce spoke in our episode, I would say listen to that as many times as possible. I would say even rewind it a few times to make sure you really are taking in those words um, because they, <laughs> they're powerful. Uh, Myra, what about you? What are your closing reflections? I don't have anything either. I think that Joy did enough for this episode. And if we add anything extra, it's extra and it's not needed. So that's all I got. Absolutely. So, um, we'll see you all next Monday for another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. Bye.